0: Hello and welcome to the New Franklin Assembly podcast. We're so glad that you chose to join us today. Our church is located at 2355 New Franklin Road, Chambersburg, Pennsylvania, 17202. This week, as we begin our 21 days of prayer and fasting, Pastor James will encourage us in how fasting helps break cultural strongholds. We are starting our 21 days of prayer and fasting today. Some of you signed up for this week uh to to fast i hope that you've at least taken a, a look at that uh a prayer and fasting board in the church and the sanctuary if not then on wednesday when you're here next week when you're here you can take a look at that and and sign your name on and uh, on one of those slots we're hoping to have at least um uh some at least one meal every day covered Uh, by someone in prayer and fasting. You can sign up for a a breakfast spot, a lunch spot, or a dinner spot, any one of those 21 days, or you can uh, fill out, uh, the bottom line would be uh, an all day fast from sunup to sunrise, or if you wanted a time, uh, you can put from 6 a.m. to 6 p.m. And so uh, I've seen already a lot of people did sign up. There are a lot of slots still available. And so uh, you can do that on your home. If you don't have a chance to put it on the board, you can just go ahead and fast for that day. And and when you see the board, you can go ahead and and uh, put your name on. Uh, but we are starting our 21 days of fasting and prayer. So I wanted to share with you today a little bit about fasting. Encourage you as we fast and pray. You know, fasting among many things does um, among, among among many things fasting. Helps us to grow more sensitive to the Holy Spirit, and that's kind of what I want to talk to you today about. Um, if you have your Bibles, if you want to spend time reading, uh, I'll I'll read some of the passages. But if you want to look at this closely at another time, but uh, in Acts chapter 10 we have the story of. Uh, the Holy Spirit coming to Cornelius's house and and it was the first time Salvation and the Holy Spirit had come to people other than the the, the, than the Jews that came to the Gentiles and and uh, We're very thankful for that um, And so I want to read you that story um, in Acts chapter 10 if you would turn there and 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 read with me The first eight verses it says at Caesarea there was a man The man named Cornelius, a centurion uh, in what was known as the Italian Regiment. He and all his family were devout and God-fearing. He he gave generously to those in need and prayed to God regularly. One day at about three in the afternoon, he had a vision. He distinctly saw an angel of God who came to him and said, Cornelius. Cornelius stared at him in fear. What is it, Lord? He asked. The angel answered, your prayers and gifts to the poor have come up to uh, come up as a memorial offering before God. Now send men to Joppa to bring back a man named Simon, who is called Peter. He is staying with Simon the Tanner, whose house is by the sea When the angels uh, who spoke to him had gone. Cornelius called two of his servants and, and a devout soldier who was one of the attendants. He told them everything that had happened and sent them to Joppa. If you skip down to verse 23, it says this. It says, the next day, I'm sorry. Yeah, it says the next day, Peter started out uh, with them. These men had gone and gotten Peter and Peter, uh, we'll skip that portion of scripture for now. And it says, the next day, Peter started out with them and some of the brothers from Joppa uh, went along. The following day he arrived in Caesarea and Cornelius was expecting them and had called together his relatives and close friends. As Peter entered the house, Cornelius met him and fell at his feet in reverence, but Peter made him get up, stand up, he said, I'm only a man myself. Talking with him, Peter went inside and found a large gathering of people. He said to them, you are well aware that it is against our law for a Jew to associate with a Gentile or visit him. But God has shown me that I should not call any man impure or unclean. And so when I was sent for, I came without raising any objection. May I ask why you sent for me? Cornelius answered, Four days ago I was in my house praying at this hour at three in the afternoon. Suddenly a man in shining clothes stood before me and said, Cornelius, God has heard your prayer and remembered your gift to the poor. Send to Joppa for Simon, who is called Peter. He is a guest in the house of Simon the Tanner, who lives by the sea. So I sent for you immediately and it was good of you to come. Now we are all here in the presence of God to listen to everything the Lord has commanded you to tell us. And then Peter began to speak. I now realize how true it is that God does not show favoritism, but accepts men from every nation who fear him and to uh, do what is right. And then if you would skip down to verse 46, it says this, uh, while Peter, I'm sorry, verse 44, while Peter was still speaking these words, the Holy Spirit came on all who heard the message. And so let's stop there. There was an interesting verse in verse 31. Uh, the New Kings James Version reads it a little differently than the NIV, which I read in the NIV. The New King James Version or the the King James Version reads uh, verse 30 like this. So Cornelius said four days ago, I was fasting until this hour. And at that ninth hour, I prayed in my house and behold, a man stood before me in bright clothes. Well, most translations, for some reason, they, they leave that word fasting out. They says I was praying during that hour. But I looked at the Greek word and it's different. The Greek word used in verse 30 Is, is a word uh, you spell it N-E-S-T-E-A-U. It literally is the Greek word that means to abstain from food. It's not the word that's used for prayer. That's a different Greek word. It's, it's, it's D-E-O-M-A-I, demi. Um, and that's word that's used for prayer or to petition. So in verse 30, it says, four days ago, I was fasting or I was abstaining from food. And so this was what Cornelius was doing. Now, in other words, there were three things that we know about this man Cornelius and what he was doing that brought about the power of the Holy Spirit upon his life, the salvation and the power of the Holy Spirit upon his life. He was a man who gave generously to those in need. He was a man who often prayed, the scripture says, and he was a man who was fasting. Now, next week, Sunday morning, we'll get into uh, Jesus' Sermon on the Mount, Matthew chapter six. If you look at it, you'll see that there's three things that Jesus says that we should be doing. Not if we do, but when we do, and that's the, the word there. He says, when you give, and he then goes on to tell us what we should do when we give. Not if we give, but when we give. Then he says, but when you pray, do these things. And then he says, when you fast, do these things. And those three things Jesus mentions on a Sermon on Mount that we should be doing. We, sh- we should be giving, we should be praying, and we should be fasting. <coughs> Excuse me. <coughs> in other words, it's a threefold cord that cannot be easily broken. It's a scripture in the Ecclesiastes, I believe. Uh, so again, Cornelius gave, he prayed, and he fasted. So now think about this. What else can we learn from the story of Cornelius? What else do we see uh, as applicable to our lives today and to, to our church today? Well, if you wanna pause this and think about it, just think about that, but let me go ahead and, and give you what I see here. As devout as Cornelius was to God and God's word, think about this, he was constantly giving, he was constantly in the scriptures, he was a devout man, the scripture says. As devout as he was to God and to God's word, there was still something he would have missed out on had he not spent time fasting. Let me say that again because it's important. As devout as he was to God and to God's ways and God's word, there was still something he would have missed out on if he had not spent time fasting and praying. Not just praying, but fasting and praying. He was an Italian man who spent enough time with the Jewish people to begin believing in God. He followed God's laws. He spent time in the synagogue hearing the priests speak. He spent time reading the scriptures for himself, I'm sure, and doing what the scriptures taught him to do. Yet there was still something missing from his life. And I I think he knew it. Have you ever had that feeling? You just, you can't put your thumb on it. You can't figure it out. There's something missing in your life. or you're working on a project and you just can't figure it out. There's something not, there's just something you're missing. You just can't figure it out. You're going through your life. You're going through your routine and, and there's just something not right. And you get this feeling, you don't know what to do about it. Well, I believe Cornelius was feeling this. And so what does he decide to do? He decides to seek God. He decides to pray. He decides to fast. I'm sure fasting was not a normal thing he did every day. So he, it was something that drove him to do something more to find out what was missing in his life. Now, remember fasting, you've heard me say this before, fasting is not a hunger strike to get God to do what we want him to do. Fasting is how we align ourselves with God's will. Well, Cornelius, would have never experienced salvation. He would have never experienced an outpouring of the Holy Spirit upon his life and his family's life, for that matter, had he not become desperate enough and sought God and sought Him so much that he would seek Him through fasting. Today, however, this is so much more applicable to us than just salvation, than just our salvation experience or, or our Holy Spirit encounter. We all want a Holy Spirit encounter. Those of us who have been saved and are truly born again, we want a Holy Spirit experience. But we need to ask ourselves, what are we not experiencing that God wants us to now experience? We can't fully really under we we really can't fully answer that question now can we because we don't know what God's will is. We need to seek it out. We know what others throughout history have experienced when they've experienced an outpouring of the Holy Spirit. We can look at the revivals throughout history. We know what they have experienced and then we can pray for some of the same. We know what we have experienced through our lives through the history of our church. And we can pray that we would ex- experience an outpouring of God's spirit the way we did years ago or generation ago, but we don't fully know what God wants to do today. We don't fully know how he wants to do it today. We have our thoughts about what we think, but we cannot fully know. We need to seek it out. We need to discover it. It needs to be revelation revealed to us. We do that. How, how do we get that? through prayer, through fasting, There are definitely some similarities in every great move of the Holy Spirit, salvations and healings and deliverances, miracles and testimonies. Yeah, that's what we're after. But if we look at each great move of God, we also see some things that are unique in each move of God throughout history. I think we would discover that, that Every move of God, it looked different. It, it sounded different. It, it it involved different people and different methods and different styles. <clears throat> Cornelius's salvation and, and his Holy Spirit baptism was not just new to Cornelius. This was not just a new experience for him, but it was a new experience for the current church as well. Let me say that again. Cornelius's salvation and his Holy Spirit baptism, it was not just a new experience for him and his household. It was something new that came to the church, according to the Jewish custom and according to the New Testament uh, church, the first century church, up until that point, Cornelius would have never been allowed to worship alongside of the Jews. We read that scripture. Peter says, I would have never come here. You see, Cornelius would have never been allowed to receive Christ as Savior or to receive the Holy Spirit. This was the custom, the Jewish custom of the day, and and it was a strong culture uh, uh, nonetheless. This was all new to the New Testament church, the first century church, and I know it seems silly to us today to think that how in the world would they could they have thought that God's salvation was only for them, the Jews, and no for no one else. It seems silly to think that way today, but this was the way they were thinking. This was a. a, a a a cultural stronghold, if we can use that term. It was a cultural stronghold that took a while for others to to catch on to. What kind of thinking do we have to let go of today? The way the first century church had to let go of this cultural stronghold. What kind of thinking do we have to let go of today for us to experience a new move of the Holy Spirit? What is it in our lives, what is it in our church that God wants us to look at differently so that we can experience a mighty move of the Holy Spirit? Do we have cultural strongholds that are limiting the Holy Spirit from moving in our lives, limiting what God can do in our lives? I think we all have them, individually and corporately as a church. So now let's go back real quick and look at Peter's initial response before he gets to Cornelius' house and see uh, how he responded to all of this. In Acts chapter 10, beginning with verse nine, it says, about noon the following day, as they were on their journey and approached the city, Peter went up on the roof to pray. He became hungry and wanted something to eat. And while the meal was being prepared, he fell into a trance. He saw heaven opened and something like a large sheet being let down to each, uh, let down to earth by its four corners. It contained all kinds of four-footed animals, as well as reptiles of the earth and birds of the air. And then a voice told him, a voice, the audible voice of God told him, and these letters, if you if you look in your Bible are in red. So this is Jesus speaking. Then a voice told him, get up, Peter, kill and eat. Well, surely not, Lord, Peter replied. I have never eaten anything impure or unclean. The voice spoke to him a second time. Do not call anything impure that God has made clean. This happened three times, and immediately the sheet was taken back to heaven. While Peter was wondering about the meaning of this vision, the men sent by Cornelius found out where Simon's house was and stopped at the gate. And so let me ask you a question that you can think about this week. If you heard the audible voice of God telling you to do something that you had never done before, how many times would God have to actually speak to you before you did it? I don't know about you, I've never heard the audible voice of God, but if I heard the audible voice of God, if I had a vision the way Peter had a vision, I don't think he would have to speak. I would be so afraid I would do it immediately. You see, Peter had to be told three times, he had to hear the audible voice of God three times before he obeyed, before he did something he never did before because it was a cultural stronghold in his life. It was a cultural stronghold in the church that was holding back what God wanted to do. Peter was so baffled at what God was telling him to do that he he, he had to hear it again and and again. Well, how many times do we have to hear something before we're going to, 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 to obey? You know, again, cultural strongholds are are that's exactly that. It's the stronghold. It takes. It's hard to break those cultural strongholds. We look at the world's culture today, and we know that only a mighty move of God's Spirit can change this world. I mean, think about what we see around the world. We need God. God's the only way to go. It's only going to change if God out moves by His Spirit, by a miraculous, supernatural move of God through us, by the way, God uses us. But what if God wants to change part of our church culture today? Well, it's going to take more than strong leadership. It's going to take more than the passing of time or the passing of generations. It's going to take a revelation from God, God speaking to us, and then it's going to take the power of the Holy Spirit upon us to help us move forward. For Cornelius and Peter, that cultural change started with prayer and fasting. For the New Testament church, that cultural change led to an advancement of the gospel that they could have never imagined happening, or they would have never been able to make happen any other way. It started when they prayed and when they fasted. They then received revelation. Let's pray this week and seek God with the same diligence, the same passion that we see Cornelius had. Let's hear and accept God's will with the same willingness and humility that Peter had. Let's take an evaluation of our life, of our church, and to see if there are any cultural strongholds in our life, that are that's holding back the anointing of God, the power of the Holy Spirit in our lives or in our church. That's why we're praying, that's why we're taking these 21 days to pray and fast. We need to hear from God. We don't want to do anything unless God is speaking to us and telling us to do it. And so we need to hear from God. So I encourage you to spend time praying today, fasting a meal or two, uh, uh, whether it's today or this week or for the rest of the 21 days. And so uh, again, I encourage you to, to, to think about and plan out what day you're going to fast, what meals you're gonna fast. If it's just one day out of the 21 days, if it's one meal a day, uh, think about that. Prepare to do it. Ask God for the grace to help you accomplish that because he will. And I believe we are going to see the results of our fasting, of our praying in the days, the weeks, even the months to come. And so God bless you. I hope you have a wonderful Sunday, this Lord's Day. Lord willing, we will see you Wednesday for our family night. Uh, God bless everyone. Have a wonderful afternoon. Hello, everyone. This is Pastor James. I hope you enjoyed today's message. My prayer is that you would always experience all that God has for you. New Franklin Assembly exists to advance God's kingdom, to encourage God's people, and to serve our community. If you're in the Chambersburg area, we would love to have you join us for a live service. For more information, please visit our website at www.newfranklinag.org. Thank you. God bless.